Recently, I was watching a program and a, a, group, of, a group of young professionals were sent, were made to go through a week of not using their smartphones. I'm not sure if any of you has ever watched that program. The first day was terrible for almost all of them. They couldn't hack it. They couldn't stand it. Some of them felt like their soul has been taken out of their body. Some of them felt like they couldn't function at all. And they were put in a camp somewhere. But though the mobile phones were taken away from them, they were given phones. But the phones they were given were non-smartphones. They were taken back. The years were rolled back. They were given Nokia. You know, the old Nokia which you can smash on the floor, pick up and it's still working. They were given that kind of Nokia. And one of them was so frustrated. That's me. He tried to search on the, on the web, you know. Where? He tried to like flip. What is this? And if he has to make a phone call, he has press buttons. She was the one who was, I think was affected most. But all, all of them were anyway. So that was the first day. It was so frustrating for them on the first day. Second, so basically, kind of long story short, they complained till the end. And when it was the last day, they said, oh, goodness me. Oh, can't wait to get home, to get my smartphone and, you know, start WhatsApp and all that. They couldn't wait. But almost all of them, without excluding all of them, excluding none of them, did confess that actually this week has been one of their fruitful weeks. Why? Because they were able to get on with the things that they were supposed to be doing. One lady said, I communicated with my staff more effectively on the phone. I told them what to do and I was able to get most things done. Notice, what they said was, there was less distraction. That was a word from every one of them. And we all can testify that as we wake up day by day, we go, go, go through our schedules week by week and month by month, we can all testify that indeed there are so many things that distract us in this, in this world. We are distracted by many things. But the good news I bring to you this morning is this. We serve a living God that is undistracted. And this morning, the title of my message is, is this. Say no to distraction. I don't mean distraction. T-R-U-C. No. Say no to distraction. T-R-A-C. D-I-S. T-R-A-C. I-O-N. Say no to distraction. Distraction. The things that distract you. What is a distraction? What is it? A distraction. A distraction from our dictionaries 
is basically anything, anything that takes your attention of what is important to you. Anything that takes your attention off what is important. Things like a diversion, recreation, anything. Something that's very important to you, you want to focus on this very important thing. But you get something come and it takes your attention off for a time. I am sure many students here will agree with me. You sit behind your books, you are reading, and all of a sudden you get a text come on your smartphone, bing, bing, and you turn attention to look at a smartphone, and you check, and it's a text from one of your friends asking you to do something. Completely different out of your course, you stop what you are reading, and then you respond to that. By the time you come back, 20 minutes is gone. You are busy, maybe you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, um, you are not in school, but you are busy with some work, maybe house chores or whatever. And then you just see something either on a TV as you are doing stuff, and then you stop. And for five minutes or ten minutes, you stand there and then just watch. Hmm. And as if that was not enough, you begin to now text your friend and tell them or her what has happened. So by that, you see, you lose 30 minutes of your time. And if we have 24 hours, and we, we use normally eight of them to sleep, let's, let, let's assume. How many have you got left? 16. This 16, honestly speaking, do you use this 16 fully during the day? I bet you don't. I mean, for effective work, you get tired and you eat. Some people take a long time to eat. Talk about that. Talk about the washing. You wash. You do certain chores that don't require you to do any thinking or, or anything. So let's say, let's say, at the end of the, of, of the day, your most effective time is about eight hours during the day. That's a third of the day. These eight hours, do, are you able to concentrate solidly eight hours to do what you need, what you need, to, what you need to do? Mostly no. Yeah. Mostly no. Because we get caught here and there, pulled here and there. Now, another form of distraction is not just things like text messages, WhatsApp, YouTube, watching the film. Sometimes you are just there and then someone sends you a message. Mm. And everything says it's about one hour film or program. And you sit down there and then watch it. One hour. That was not what you planned for the day. But you've got it, and one hour you watch it. And by the time you finish, one hour of your time is gone. Now you go with seven. And there are many things that we can talk about. So when you finally realize that at the end of the, of the, of the, of the, of the day, you only have just about two hours, and maybe even just two hours just to do effective work. Except you're on the job. 
and you have got no choice. But maybe your, your job is a manual work. So once you finish that job, eight hours is gone, 16. Eight for sleeping. This eight hours, what effective work do you do? You're mostly tired. Oh, let me just relax. Let me just do that. So by the time you realize a month is gone, and your life hasn't really moved any forward. You haven't really made any advancement in the reason why God placed you here on this earth. Hello. I'm talking about you and your life mission. I'm talking about you and what God has called you to do here on this earth. I'm talking about you and your purpose in life. Not me, but you. Tell me about, he, he, he's, he's talking about you. I'm talking about you and your mission or purpose on this earth that God has given unto you. You see, destruction, like I said, is not just these things. Destruction is also anything that causes you, that, that causes extreme worry or that gives you extreme nervousness in the mind. Anything that makes you feel it, that fills with you, you, you with serious or extreme anxiety. When you are filled with serious anxiety or nervousness, you are not able to concentrate. And it's a distraction. So whatever you got to do, you just stop it and then just do something else. You are disturbed, worried. These are distractions. What am I talking about this? Why? Come with me to Matthew, the verse 13 again. Matthew 13, the 24. In this parable, Jesus makes us to understand that the wheat that the honorable man or the master sowed, he caused the good seed. He said this good seed are the children of the kingdom. From verse 36. It says they are the children of the kingdom. Verse 37. He that soweth the good seed is a, is a son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. See, the seed that he sows, he calls it good seed. And it says they are the children of the kingdom. Right. Then he says, the tears, that the enemy, the enemy is the devil. Hello? The devil. Devil. The slanderer. The accuser. The one who always tries to, you know, speak words that will discourage you. Now he says that the tares are the children of the wicked one. They are the children of the devil. Now the field he sows is the world. He didn't say the field is the church. He says the field is the world. He says I sow children of the kingdom in the world. And I plant them. But when I plant them, someone comes. And souls tests wicked ones amongst them. 
And the disciples come and say, we have realized there are tests in the field. Should we root them up? He says, no, leave them. The disciples were quick. Won't you approve them? The man says, no, leave them. I planted wheat and I wanted the wheat to do to be to, to grow so I can cut. I wanted fruit from my planting from my planting. I have a purpose. I have a focus. I'm planting wheat. Hello. But the disciples or the, the, the servants were going to get themselves distracted. He says, no, leave them. Till the end. Lead them till the end. He says the tares are the children of the wicked. Tares, generally speaking, <laughs> appear almost everywhere. The UK tried to deal with tears by the year 2000. And it is still believed that there are still little amounts lacking elsewhere. It's like any time you plant something, you find tears coming around. But tears, it is often called, the Bible calls it tears. But in our practical living, it is, it is called wheat's, wheat's evil twin. Daniel. Daniel. D-A-R-N-E-L. It is known to be the sin that it produces. It's known to be very poisonous for human beings. If you, if you take a, a large amount of this downhill, it can kill you. But in a very small amount, it makes a person intoxicated. So people will begin to put small amounts of it in beer and bread and all kinds of stuff. So though people, people knew that this thing was dangerous and were trying to get rid of it, some humans, somewhere else, somewhere or the other, tried to always get Daniel or Tess back into the field. So, it is not that it is something great. It, it always comes as something false. It always comes as, as the counterfeit. Whilst wheat is good and will give you your flour for your bread, the terrace or the popular name which we know is Daniel is dangerous. Not good for the consumption, for human con consumption. So what he's saying is here is this. Whilst I plant good seed in the world, the devil also plants evil seed. Evil seed. And yes, there are evil seed. And they sometimes look like the good seed. Because the tares always look like the good seed. Actually, the tares, when you sow the wheat and the tares grow together with it, at the initial stage, because they're all, they all green grass, you, you, you can hardly tell the difference. 
It's only when they bear fruit. When the wheat bears fruit, it burns. Because of the heavy grains, it burns. But a donnell or a test don't bend. They stand straight. And so that's why, that's how you're able to tell when it's fully grown, you can tell the difference and clear them. But when they're growing up, it's very challenging to tell which is which. And in trying to get rid of them, whilst it is still in a very infantile period, you might kill some wheat. So basically what the master is saying is this. I have planted good seed. I have planted believers in the world. But the enemy comes and clears them. Uh, sorry, comes to plant wicked ones amongst them. If we try at the very early stages to just clear the wheat, the problem is you might be clearing some good ones. Because, the, you see, the seed that the enemy sows, he sows it very cleverly so that you will not know the difference between a good seed, a child of the kingdom, a believer, and a fake one. And you see, the seed of the wicked are not just fake, they are dangerous. You say, how? If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians 11, if we read 2 Corinthians 11 verse I will get simply read the verse 13 and the 14. The Apostle Paul was describing a group of people. And he said this in verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Hello? Did we see that? Did we see that? That you see, the enemy does that. He plants false apostles, false believers. He plants these in the world. Wicked souls who have no intention of achieving the purposes of God. No, no intention. But yes, why? Why? Oh yes, why? Why do we have this? So that is basically what a, a distraction is. Something that is, that comes your way to come to take your attention off some, something. But why the destruction? Why does the enemy plant the wicked seeds in the world? Remember, his main agenda is to thwart the work of God. Satan's whole plan is to make God look bad. Is to defame the good God. You say God is love. 
Say, the devil's agenda is to make men believe that actually God isn't good. Now that surprise you? In Eden, the Garden of Eden, when he came to Eve, what did he tell her? <laughs> Has God said, you should not eat this? Oh, no, no, yes, there you are. No, 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 no. Oh, actually, actually, no, no, no. Actually, you will not really die. God told you, you surely die. Oh, no, 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 no. You will not surely die. Trust me, you will not surely die. Just eat and, 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 and see. It will make you wise. It will make you smarter. It will make you like God. Ah, smart. Like God. Ah, I see. So God is trying to hide something from us. Paints a picture. This God you think is someone who loves you. Actually, it's against you. He's trying to control you, dominate you. So you will never be like him. But you see, if you eat this, you become wiser. And you'll be like him. So Eve takes the bait and eats it. And it is still the same thing today. He does. He wants to make sure that God appears horrible in the eyes of people. So you see, distractions, I can mention three things they come to do. They come to discourage. They come to discourage. They come to annoy. And they come to make you lose the importance of something. For example, you hold on to some truth. Now this truth is valuable. When the devil brings the wicked one on a, on a destruction, he brings it so that you will no longer see that truth as important anymore. You say, how? I'll tell you how. Let's say all your life, you believed that telling the truth is important. Right? And then you meet someone who is forever lying. And because they are forever lying, they lie and they are getting away with it. Lying, getting away with it, and lying. And when they can, they, they've lied to their mom, they've lied to their friends, they've lied to the government, they've lied to their parents, lied to their wife, they, they, they've, they've lied to their financial institution, and now they are rich through lies. What would you say with your truth? And with all your truth, maybe you are still poor. But let me correct this before I go any further. You are not poor because you tell the truth. You are poor because you are refusing to apply the principles by which wealth comes here on this earth. Full stop. Being a Christian doesn't mean you should become poor. Let me settle that before I move any further. So it's not your truth telling that is making you poor. But you see, when you begin to see that someone who is corrupt, evil, getting richer and richer, it makes you question your truth. Is it really worth it, me serving God? Yes, it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Annoying. 
annoying. Distractions are things that come to annoy you. And when you are annoyed, usually you leave your post. <laughs> you get annoyed. He makes things come up. You do this well. You come back, turn around. When you come back, they mess you up. And then you do it. You come back, they mess you up. And you do it. You come back, they mess you up. What happens next? You get annoyed. Yeah. I won't do it anymore. anymore. <laughs> Three hands in the air. <laughs> and then that's it. Finish. You've been distracted. Because you had a purpose. You had a task. Had a goal. God has probably called you. This is what I want you to do, my son. I want you to take care of this. Show love to this person. But I've been showing love. And anytime I show love, he comes up with all these things. He's annoying. When you do that, you've been distracted. You've been distracted. And many of us here will attest to this, that we've been distracted in many ways. We know this is what God wants me to do. But the people I'm doing it are annoying. Because you're annoying, you stop. And when you stop, I've come to tell you, you have been distracted. Because your eyes have gone off focus. You've stopped doing what God has called you to do. You are no longer where God placed you. You are not fulfilling what God has called you to do. Some of us, because of, of, of annoyance, what God wants you to do, where God wants you to be to serve, you are not even there. Hello? Hi. I know some people, you see, maybe you are called into the, the, into the field of education. If you step in that field, education in this country will turn around. But you've decided the way they are doing it, you are so annoyed, you will not even get near. You have been distracted. You've been distracted. Hello? Let me put it this way. Maybe, you see, You've been placed probably in a family to be a husband. Maybe you're watching me on you're watching me on, on on YouTube. But God called you to be a husband to raise a godly seed for him. But the annoyance of the things you have experienced in the marriage, you've walked out. I've come to tell you, you have been distracted. Get back. It's a destruction. Because of my time, let me continue to the third one. The discouragement. 
Discouragement. Discouragement. You get discouraged by the things around you, so you get distracted. When you discourage, discouragement can be a diversion or, or a recreation. I'll tell you a story on this one. A man called James Smith in America. He's a policeman. He wrote to Glamour Mag Magazine returning an award that was given to his dead wife. The wife was also a policewoman. She died at age 38 in an attempt to save people from the World Trade Center, 9-11. She saved thousands of, 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 of people that day, but unfortunately, she died saving others. So Claremont Magazine gave her an, an award a month after she had died. So obviously, it was her husband that took the award. And her husband put it in the house. Four years later, the husband was upset with Claremont Magazine. So sent the award back. Why? For the why, I will read a letter he wrote to you. I wish I could project it, but too late now. Too late. So I'll read it. To the CEO of Glamour Magazine, Miss Levy, or Miss Leaf, sorry. Dear Miss Leaf, on October 29th, 2001, I was honored to accept the Glamour Magazine Woman of the Year Award posthumously given to my wife, police officer Moira Smith. Moira was killed on September 11, 2001, while rescuing thousands from the World Trade Center. EMT Yamel Marino was also posthumously honored that evening for her for her heroism. I was shocked and saddened to learn that just that Glamour has just named Bruce Jenner Woman of the Year. I find it insulting to Moira Smith's memory and the memory of other heroic women who have earned this award. Was there no woman in, 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 in America or the rest of the world more deserving than this man? At a time when we have women in the armed forces fighting and dying for our country, heroic do doc doctors fighting deadly diseases, women, police officers, firefighters putting their lives on the line for total strangers, brave women overcoming the threatening diseases, the list of possibilities goes on. 
Is this the best you could do? I can only guess that this was a public stunt meant to resuscitate a dying medium. Basically, his anger was this. A man who attended a woman, you are giving her an award for championing transgender and you give her an award. That means your awards are not worth having. So take yours. Take it back. That was a frustration. But that was a discouragement. He was discouraged. And you see, we have many tests, false people, so-called believers in our land, in the world today, who are doing things which, are, which goes against the name of Christ. So some believers get discouraged. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even serve God. But you'll be making a big mistake if you go that way. Now be, see, so-and-so call himself a believer. But who told you he's a child of God in the first place? Possibly a tear sold by the enemy in the world. This is my personal belief. Personal belief. What I'm going to tell you. Most of the scandals we have heard in the church beginning from the Roman Catholic era up to now, I believe some of them were planted by the enemy. They were not Christians in the first place, but they entered and came up from that order to become something and now they began their evil deeds because how can a seed of God turn back when he says I will never leave you nor forsake you that these evils are going on and many people are getting distracted think oh this is Christianity no so Christ Jesus in this parable is telling us kingdom members understand the kingdom of God is like this. The wheat and the test go side by side. So do not let these things distract you or discourage you or make you think Christianity is not worth being part of. Hello? Hello? Hi. See, we have these things going on. People are planted. They plant people. If they do it naturally, if they will send children into your country as refugees, you will feed them, clothe them, educate them. And once they are up to full age, and are naturalized, take guns and knives and tell on you. Well, how do you think spiritually it's not possible? That's right. When here Christ says, I'm the good man. I sold children of the, of the, of the kingdom. But the devil sows wicked children 
in my world. He sows them. He sows them. He sows them. He sows them. But before you get discouraged, let me turn your attention to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me turn your attention to the Lord. Listen. He says this in the verse in the verse um, the verse 20 the verse 29 hallelujah Amen. sorry verse 28 will thou then that we go and, and uproot them he says no 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 don't uproot them let both grow together. That means I am ready to wait to the end. Patience. I have my eyes fixed on growing wheat. I will not be distracted. My wheat will get to the end. My focus is on growing wheat, which shall be grown. I will have wheat at the end. I'm determined, praise God. We serve a God who is patient, focused, determined, undistracted. That's the God we serve. And as children, who serve a God who is patient, focused, undistracted, so should we be patient, focused, determined, undistracted people. Wherever God has placed you, you see, you want to be a person who is patient, once God said, I am going to use your life to achieve this. You are going to bring a correction to the problems in your, in your, in your society. Be patient. Be focused. Be determined. Be undistracted. You see, maybe you are the one God is going to use to bring a change to the bad food being produced in our world today. People are getting sick and dying, getting cancer because of bad food. But you are going to probably rise up and change that. Because you're going to bring righteousness. You're going to bring righteousness to the agricultural industry. Maybe you are the one who's going to go into media and said, you know what? I will do media right. Media has been projecting wrong things, wrong values. I'm going to set up a station that's going to change all that. I'll produce films as Hollywood produces films. But these films will be of good virtues and values. I will bring values of God back into the system. I will do it. And you are going to be patient. Focused, determined, undistracted. I know I'm talking to people 
who have got giftings and talents in them that God has put in you to be a blessing to the universe that we live in. Love. The only love the world knows is love. I don't even want to call it love. It's infatuation. What they call love is just infatuation. They have you and they dump you. Have you and dump you. But you're going to write them and say, hey, I'm changing that. Some of you young ones, you can talk for England. I don't think your voice or able to, able, ability to talk is just for nothing. I believe God is giving you a voice that will rise up and will change things for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. God has planted you as a righteous seed, as a godly seed. So you will make an impact wherever you are. Right now, wherever you are, in your home, on the job, on the workplace, wherever you are, God has planted you there to bring a transformation, to bring his kingdom to that place. The man come to walk in righteousness, justice, kindness. Justice in the place. You want to ensure that the love of God and the kindness of God is felt in that place. Wherever you are. Hallelujah. Amen. And you will not allow yourself to be distracted. Because our God is patient. Say, hey, I'm here for a reason. Today, I may be making very little steps. But, step by step, we are moving forward. My contribution today might be very slim, little, but step by step, I am making progress. That's patient, focused. You got many things coming your way. Oftentimes, you see the reasons why some sometimes we are not able to be to be you know. We got ourselves distracted is because we expect the process to be so nice. Hello? Hi. What do I mean by that? Let's use marriage, for example. You begin a marriage, maybe I'm an old man, so I read Mills and Boons. I don't know what is current now. Has any book bypass uh, uh, been able to uh, to been, been able to uh, uh, do mills and boons? No. Okay. I haven't read them. Okay. Right. Okay. So we have mills and boons. Let's go with that one. You've read it. Nice book. They were dating. And they got married and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> and since you got married, that thing is in your head. And when your husband says, eh, you say, Oh, poor marriage, bad marriage. Oh, my mom, sorry, I've been a bad man. <laughs> and your wife forgets to give you water. 
Or maybe I drink when he came home. Or I'm in a bad marriage. Come on, wake up. Get over it. Hallelujah. Just get over it. And for all you may know, you've got the best husband the world can ever dream for. And for all you may know, you've got the best wife any man can ever dream for. And for the most people I know in this place, you got the best. Keep it. Amen. Trade it for nothing. Amen. Trade it for no one. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, what I'm, what I'm basically saying is this. We look at the process. The process. We see all the nasty bits in the process. And when we see all those nasty things, you see, we tend to lose hope. We tend to lose heart. We tend to think, you know what? Oh, what? Oh, no, this is, oh. And then we want to, every little problem that shows up, we want to correct it. But I come to tell you, that is a distraction. It is distraction. We respond to every little thing that shows up. Jesus said, leave it. Let both grow. Don't uproot anything. He says, until I get my product, I am not giving the devil any attention. He says, an enemy has done this. Did he say that? Verse 28. He said, an enemy has done this. So what he's saying is, if an enemy has done it, why should I waste my time trying to do the enemy's work when I have got my own work set for myself? God has set a purpose for you to fulfill. Why should the enemy's task now become your priority? I told a young man, when I give you the pulpit to preach, feed the sheep, starve the goats. Because I made up my mind, I ain't responding to any goats. I come to feed the sheep. I'm in my mind. I've come to feed a sheep. Let the goats, they can jump about. I don't care. I've come for the sheep. As a young man, I responded to the goats and all that. I said, no. No. I've come to feed a sheep. The goats can jump about. In the end, once the sheep is grown and they've come into their own and they've risen up in their own ministries, they'll probably take care of some of these things. Deal with them themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's not give attention. God put on your heart. Love this individual. The day God said, love this, this individual, that is the day that individual will do the worst. 
And the moment that person do, does, does the worst, do you know what we do? We stop the good that God said we should, we should do and begin to now deal with this bad thing the person has done. You've lost focus. You've been distracted. But Christ said, my wheat will produce. I will get my wheat in the end. You see, you, I want you to know that you must believe in the work that God has given you, you to do. It will come to fruition. That work will prosper in your life and through your life. Hallelujah. Focus on that. What has God called you to do as an individual? Focus on that. Build on it. Spend time building on it. Sometimes you get people criticizing you. It, they are all distractions. Criticisms. So and so said this, so I have stopped. So and so insulted me, so I have stopped. Distractions. Forget them. Say no to any distraction that comes your way. Say no. Say no. Spot them and say no. He didn't give me this. He didn't give me that. So I've stopped. I've backed off. I've done this. I've done that. Church, let's rise up and say no to distractions. Some of us, we have not even started doing what we are meant to do at all because we are still in the distraction. We are trying to approach the test. We are trying to correct the test. We are trying to make the test born again while the wheat needs attention. Give attention to the wheat. Let it grow. That's your main focus. That's your purpose. Feed the wheat. Let the wheat grow. What God has called you for, let it grow. I believe everyone here, God has blessed you with a ministry. Identify it. Work on it. Build on it. Read around it. Pray around it. Study around it. Do all you can do around it to become the best in that ministry and be a blessing to the world that God has planted you to be a blessing to. And forget about the distractions. Hmm. How can a woman do this? Distraction. How can a woman do that? Distraction. How can a man do that? Distraction. How can a young boy do that? Distraction. They are all distractions. Start them. And feed what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sorry my time is up. You see? But we see that in Numbers, the Israelites went to the field and came back and said, you know what? The giants are there. Sons of, sons of, sons of, of, of Anak, the, the Amalekites, the this, the that. So we can't go. Distraction. And Joshua said, sorry, Caleb and Joshua, if God is pleased with us and has given us this land, let's go and take it now. Hallelujah. Amen. God has been pleased with you. Giving you life. Hallelujah. And it has pleased God 
to cause you to be born in this generation. You are alive in this society at this time for a reason. So rise up, hallelujah, and fulfill your task. You are in your home at this time for a purpose. You are in this church at this time for a reason. Fulfill that purpose. You are in the world today at this time for a purpose. Fulfill that purpose. The world needs your giftings. The world needs your talents. Needs your grace. There's a problem waiting to be solved by you and you alone. Rise up and let nothing discourage you. Let nothing distract you. For destruction is a work of the devil. God have mercy. Hallelujah. Let's rise up and say no. No to destruction. No to destruction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say no to destruction. Hallelujah. Say to us, from this day forward, I will say no to every destruction in my life, ministry, and in my calling. Hallelujah. Praise God. Christ has made me. Fill me with grace and abilities to be a blessing. To be, a to, be a, to be salt and light in this world. I will light up. I will show the earth wherever I am. And I won't be distracted. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's rise up on our feet and let's pray. Wherever you are watching us today, you can identify what things we're talking about today. Your life has been one distraction after the other. Maybe you couldn't even finish secondary school because you were so distracted by many things. But you know that there is still more in you. You can say that there is something on the inside of you that must come out. But distraction is keeping that thing there. Because you are giving too much attention to distractions. Today you have known that the living God is an undistracted God. Because what he says he will do, his power is able to see through. When he declares he will do something, he will do it without fail. You want to say, God, help me today do a turnaround. Help me identify the distractions and go over them. Lift up voice and begin to talk to God. Oh, lift up voice and begin to talk to, to, to God. Say, God, help me. 
Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Say no. Say no to distractions. To distraction. Think that will distract. Take your attention off what you're meant to be doing. Now you know that distractions are the devil's schemes to stop God's purposes. But because you are God's instrument, he will distract you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as your instrument, as your children, our confidence in your work, that we, will, that we know now that the tests can be around and your work will still proceed because you allow your wheat to grow around tests and the test could not kill it. That we have this confidence. We will have this confidence and move forward boldly in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. If you pray this prayer with me, and you would like to fellowship with us, we're in the Crown House on Crown Road in Grace. Second floor, you can join us every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. If you want more videos, go to our website. And there are more videos to help you grow in your faith. And to come to understand the word and the truth of God. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you.